to The Polygon Show. I'm Samantha Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Allegra Frank. I'm suppressing a really big yawn right now, which is not to suggest I'm bored by you. <laughs> I'm just tired. Rude. Maybe Rude. to look harder at me. And Chelsea Stark. <laughs> Hello. I have no yawns. Thank you, Chelsea. You did have a good burp before the show started, though. Mm-hmm. And Ashley O. Hi. Do you have any bodily functions to share with us today? Uh, I'm really hungry. I could get a stomach growling. That's a good one. It's a good noise. The boy from The Grudge is here, everyone. What? <laughs> was it a, I've never seen that crickets. movie, and I okay. will never see that I movie. I thought it was a girl. I don't remember yeah, the Yeah, isn't it a girl? Isn't it a girl? I'm going to look that up. There's two monsters in The Grudge. One is the ghost of a woman, and one is the ghost of a little boy. And the little boy goes, uh, Oh, yeah. I actually remember this one. What? I remember this one. Did you know one time at my old job, I never lived this down. Uh, I'd never watched Bob's Burgers before. And so, like, there was, I was community managing some very painful brands online. And uh, there was something that happened. We saw a string of comments, and I made that noise. And then our account executive turned to me and he's like, Oh my God, you're Tina. You're Tina Belcher. <laughs> All you, the, and then I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then he showed me the the video of like, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I found out like Dan Mintz voiced Tina, which is like even more amazing because he's great. <laughs> but yeah, I saw it, and he's just like, "You're Tina," because you always make those noises. I was like, "What noises?" He's like, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Uh. If you want to see Ashley make those noises in person, we have two live events coming up, which we talked a little bit about last show, I think. But um, we will, we're reminding you of them now. And the first one is Play NYC. And that's like a, a basically dis- expo of local New York indie games. It is going to be super cool. And it is Saturday, August 11th. Um, the time of our slot is TBA, but nope, I can tell you, you can tell me I late breaking news. I just found out 10 minutes before recording. Yes. yes. So we're going to be doing two segments, one at one thirty-five, and one at three, two segments at a Hammerstein ballroom, one thirty-five and three. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And that will also be streamed on Twitch. So if you, for some reason, can't fly across the country to make it to New York City for Play NYC, you'll be able to like watch it on, on, on the online where the videos are. And that's going to be super fun. I'm not going to be there, but everyone else is going to be there. And they're going to bring it to the stage. And it's going to be really good. Uh, (laughs) The second event, we will all be there wonderfully. And it is FlameCon, which is the biggest queer comic con in the U.S. And that is happening Saturday, August 18th. We are having a panel from 1230 to 115 on the main stage there. Uh, I'm very excited for that. I love FlameCon. I went last year for the first time and it was a delight. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to going back and spending all of my money. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about some games. Ashley. <laughs> Simone is getting no reaction from the room today. <laughs> so cold. You're a bunch of cold fish. What do I have to do to cold get a giggle fish. out of you? Give me a giggle. She's I, I'm giggling. giving you giggles, yeah. Chelsea's giving me like a smile that's kind of like, ah, hi. Here we are. <laughs> her, she's wearing a shirt that's covered in booze. Teresa. Uh, closing Teresa's. their eyes. Why don't yeah. we call in her shame. Teresa anymore? It's Teresa. Yeah, we can. I thought you looked at Chelsea and was like, why don't we call you Teresa why anymore? Why are you not Teresa anymore? <laughs> Who's Chelsea? Who's Chelsea? <laughs> This is Teresa. Oh, sure. You giggle at your own joke. <laughs> yeah, I always do. You don't do. giggle at me. 
<laughs> I'm funny, man. <laughs> I'm I jokes for days. Funny man. Allegra, <laughs> Ashley, what else is funny? Hammond, the beautiful hamster. Beautiful hamster slash wrecking Overwatch. Ball. His name's Wrecking Ball. It starts I with the W. I'm never going to get used to that. In the Hero Gallery, it starts in the W section next to Winston because it's Wrecking Ball, but it's also not because it's Hammond. <laughs> and Wrecking Ball's like the little mech that he's in. Yes. Okay. Hammond is the name that these scientists gave him, and he wanted to establish his own identity when he dropped into a heap of junk and made a giant... Wrecking Ball, and you decided Wrecking Ball was an appropriate name. This little rodent is very uh, diabolical because I have looked at all of his little um, victory poses and highlight intros, and he's just fantastic. Like he'll pop out of the mech and he'll kind of do this quick, like little clap, like, <laughs> and then I'll like look around. Um, he's very, very adorable, but like I still can't get over. Um, I played the longest, I think, Overwatch match life of my life. Overwatch uh, match life. Yeah, match life. <laughs> um, it was in the arcade. There's a mode called No Limits, which means you can choose repeat heroes if you want. Because in like a standard game, you can't have more than one type of hero. So this one, obviously, right after Wrecking Ball dropped, uh, I went to No Limits. Because I was like, you know, I'm not going to try to like rush and beat someone to it in quick play, you know? Yeah. And it was 12 wrecking balls <laughs> in the Necropolis map, and the match took, like, 20 minutes because just no one had any idea what they were doing. <laughs> and they were just, like, rolling everywhere. Finally, I think someone on the other team was just Bastion and was like, yo, I want this match to be over. And then he, like, gunned us all down. Oh, my God. But, like... <laughs> Why couldn't six little hamsters beat that bastion? To they death? are you have but eleven rolling balls. Not only are they rolling, they're grappling, they're swinging, they're shooting. So does he take damage when he's in his ball form? He does, but I think it's less damage. Okay. Um, he also has like a temporary shield type secondary ability that like lasts for a couple seconds. Um, but mostly um, the. The ball thing is what I was most excited to do, right? Because there are these videos of people grappling like onto a bridge and just swinging around it. Yeah. It kind of like ignores physics to like an extent where it like I feel like has passed through the bridge and he just keeps going. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of spin indefinitely. There is no kind of drop off point. Is where... that disorienting? For me, for some reason, because I don't know how to make a circle. Oh. So it's very hard. I um, told and mentioned to Simone that when I was trying, this is not the no limits, just quick play. I was wrecking ball and I was like, this is going to work out great. And then in the, in the second round, I finally, uh, I think in the mid match, I switched to D.Va because I was like, I don't think this is working. <laughs> right after I switched, our mercy went, thank you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just trying him out. I I dared to try him out in the practice range. I and then I went. I did a couple bot matches today while wearing my hand braces. By the way, which made oh. me feel good. No, it actually like it worked really well. I don't have any hand pain after playing Overwatch for like three matches, and then I stopped, which is the important part. But I played. I tried to play Wrecking Ball in the practice range, and I was too scared to use him even against bots because. I am bad at that boy. He is the swinging, the grappling. I have not got the hang of it yet. It's like you 
you have to press the button and then again to like actually shoot it out, I think. Like, and then you kind of swing around, but oh. then uh, but it has I, a recharge. It, it does have a recharge. So, like, if you, the actual like act of throwing your hook out does. So, in terms of you spinning around like an asshole, you can do that the whole match if you want. Great. Which people have done. When I, in my bot match, uh, we had a Hammond, of course, and it, they like grappled onto the payload, and they were just doing loops around the payload. <laughs> oh and my it's god! It's like the little car, and they're just going woo 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 the whole time. It was really very great. Actually. The best is when there's a, a competition between two Hammonds. So <laughs> between two Hammonds is my new show. Um, <laughs> there's there's like um, one enemy Hammond and then our Hammond they're both attached to things and they're both swinging but they're slightly like off kilter so they're slightly <laughs> missing each other so I remember just standing there watching these two things swing and like every two seconds I was like chick, 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 chick. like every time it came around I was like Ugh, I'm gonna try to shoot it I'm gonna try and our, our Hammond wasn't doing anything the other Hammond wasn't doing anything I was like you guys just wanted to hang you're, around you're just having fun they're it just playing fun. games but he also like you know how in Overwatch, when you do your ultimate, you hear a different kind of version of the voice line as opposed to the enemy team. Mm -hmm. That's how you differentiate it. So I was wondering about Hammond because he's a hamster, mm. you know, because at least with like, say, Mercy, for example, you hear German line. It's the enemy, Ursi. Ursi. Enemy Mercy <laughs> ultimate. I barely um, knew her. <laughs> what? I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> So I was like, what does Hammond do? And I think when he's on your team, you hear some hamster squeaks and then the the bot kind of going like, area denied, where it like launches all these proximity mines. Mm -hmm. And actually for the enemy Hammond, it's just hamster squeaks. And because I've played No Limits and quick play with so many Hammonds, I have to say that his specific alt squeak is stuck in my head. <laughs> So, like, he does that noise right before he throws out a bunch of mines. You hear, and then he, like, flies out of his mech once you... It's sad, but it's 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 kind of cute. It's sad, but... But but it's cute. Oh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, what do you think is the best strategy for deploying those mines? Because I, I wasn't sure when the situation would be to deploy those like what would be ideal because they don't they don't move and you can't yeah. detonate them yourself they just yeah. sit there until someone steps on them yeah i mean i think it depends on the kind of map you're doing yeah. i mean you could put them around the payload you could put them around a corner you could put them uh, oh, near man, a choke point funny. like if it was like a payload and there's like a huge choke point a big turn they gotta make you gotta put them there yeah. put them outside of the spawn room you put, put them everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> heaven's minds put them everywhere he's very adorable i just want to pinch his little cheeks how much damage do the mines do a lot. Oh. I mean, like, if you walk into the, I mean, you, this is a thing. A lot of people didn't realize that you can destroy the mines. In fact, you oh, should. Cool. Like, yeah. people think <laughs> no that kidding. they'll just go away after a while, and they sort of do. But you can shoot them, and that's what I was trying to tell my team. I was like, stop running into them. Just you can get rid Don't of use them. Use your bodies to get rid of but them. But yeah, no. if you like walk into it, or I saw Mercy try to like fly through it, it exploded and oh, she died. No. Mercy, I'm sorry. Well, I'm looking forward to playing more of him, uh, especially now that I know I can play with my wrist braces. Yay, Yay. Allegra! <laughs> You've been playing Octopath Traveler. 
Yeah. That's really cute. Yay. It was all synchronized. Yeah. I like when we do things in sync. Um, yeah, I've been playing Octopath Traveler. Uh, it's the first RPG I've played in a while. Um, and it's the first RPG I've played on Switch mm-hmm. because I only just recently really got into my Switch, I think, after over a year of having it. When it first came out, I was very into Zelda, and then I kind of fell off of Zelda after like 35 hours. And then nothing really gripped me that much mm-hmm. again. So I would kind of dabble or I would play with other people, but never really on my own. But then um, Mario Tennis brought me back in, and now I'm hardcore into the Switch again because Mario Tennis is so good and perfect. So when I got Octopath Traveler, I was like, okay, yeah, I want another Switch game to play that isn't going to make me scream in public when I'm on a plane. (laughs) Uh, TBD on that. I'm glad that you're taking this advice into account. And make people text about how they're uncomfortable (laughs) next to me. But So yeah, I I got a code for Octopath Traveler and I started playing it, and I remember talking to several people, including you, Ashley, about how they thought it was kind of slow in the beginning. They weren't super into the combat system or even necessarily the characters. But other people told me, you know, it picks up and gets a lot better around maybe the two-hour mark. I think Ross actually was saying that, Mm -hmm. producer Ross. So I was like, okay, I think I should just play it for myself and see. And I actually was super into it from the beginning. Um, So there's obviously eight different characters you can play, hence Octopath Traveler, (laughs) obviously. Uh, So I chose... I always choose a a girl and usually a cute girl. So I chose this girl named Tressa and she's just like actually like a pretty witty, funny character. It doesn't have any weird um, dialogue. Like Mm -hmm. Ashley, we talked about that one hunter girl, Hanit, who just talks in made up middle English and it's horrible. Horrendous. Played 15 minutes of it and then never played it again. Yeah. So, but Tressa just talks like a normal human being, which was already very endearing and she has this cool um, merch ability where she can steal money from people which is great and I really am enjoying like the combat because you can it's turn based and then you can do extra boosts uh, so you get extra hits and the switch rumbles when you get a a special hit or like a critical hit and I like that so yeah it's really actually surprisingly gripping even from the beginning the story is whatever it is but it's pretty much just like all these people are compelled to be travelers for whatever reason and then you always have your one initial character so Tressa will always be my main character but then you can pick up the other seven travelers so right now Mm -hmm. I'm picking up this very beautiful man named Cyrus (laughs) who is a professor and oh lord it's kind of weird that he's running around with this little girl (laughs) it's a little uncomfortable but her parents don't have to know Um, and oh my god I don't want to give a spoiler but he just his journey just started and there is a salacious reason for it. What? And I'm like, okay, if I that's the kind of man you are. Details, that's oof. what I'm into. Uh, there is a salacious reason that gets him to go leave his school and start traveling around the world. And I was like, okay, boo boo, if that's the kind of thing you're known for, okay, hit me up, boo. Here's my number. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what does he do? Now I have to know. <laughs> okay, okay, it's kind of, it's weird. So... He is a professor, very highly regarded. His students really love him. Most of them are women. And he, I don't know if he's a college professor. but Is this an Indiana oh, Jones situation? God, did he have an mm. affair with one of his students? No, but there's one student named Therese who is in love with him. And she's a ghost. It's Chelsea. No, and I did think it was Chelsea for a second <laughs> because Teresa, I didn't actually and think it was goes, you. Ehh. She does have like blue hair, which you have had. But anyways, <laughs> I'm saying it's Chelsea. Uh, so Therese like uh, 
apparently lied to the headmaster of the school and said that Cyrus, the professor, was having an affair with <gasps> the princess of the town. The princess. Or the kingdom or whatever, who is also his student. And then he was like, uh, no, I swear I'm not doing that. And then I was zoning out for a second, so I forget what happened, but eventually. <laughs> That's so important. Oh, he said he wasn't, and then I zoned out because I was thinking about like, or, or was he doing that? You were writing your fanfic. Could I be the wait, that wasn't even a thing that he was into. He didn't do it, however. Then he was like, well, actually, if this can get me on sabbatical, sure, whatever. I mean, I didn't sleep with her, to be clear, but I'll take the sabbatical. So then he took the sabbatical, and then Therese was like, well, so I did it because I'm in love with you, and you always seem hot for princess. And then he was like, I'm not hot for princess, but I guess I realize now that I always give her all of my attention and always talk to her and only call on her. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, God. I guess I can see now why you would think I'm hot for princess. But why would that make him like her? Wouldn't that make him just hate her? If she, Yeah, if she told that lie right? about him, right? Exactly. She's like, I just wanted you to love me. And wait, like, so bitch, I'm not going to love you for this. Possible? And how also, is wait, what, is the, what about this was something that was like, Allegra was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, well, he's into like sort of youngish girls. I'm sort of youngish. God. But he's not really. <laughs> he's a video game Well, man. he is apparently because of he's the princess. He's into whatever right? you want How him to be into because he's a fiction. So the princess is probably Sorry. like 16, 17. I'm going to say everyone's like 17, 18, actually, because I think it's like a college or high school. It's just called the Academy. I have no idea. Ay, ay, but ay, she's ay. probably of age. But also, everyone was freaking out. I'm going to leave this discussion. Anyway, just exit it. I'm enjoying <laughs> Octopath Traveler for I, several <laughs> reasons. <laughs> because you're fan fiction. Because you're a little purr. It's like a very funny game, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. And because not just, you wrote all the dialogue. Not just because of my fiction and my headcanon. It's legitimately funny. Um, and I'm about to go pick up another traveler. So will it be another cute girl or will it be another... Hot man. Will somebody replace Cyrus there's a in really, your heart? We don't know. There's a really cute girl, Prim the Dancer. She's rad. Ooh, her story, though. Ross actually explicitly told me to avoid her for a while because oh. she got a dark-ass story. Oh, okay. yeah. I That was the story I played when you were like, oh, Octopath Traveler. Not everyone talks like that. Mm-hmm. And then I restarted it, and I chose her um, for these like cute little sprites. Damn. Yeah, right? You know, like right in the beginning, you're just like, oh, and then you're like, okay, you're like, I can, oh, you're like, sure, sure, all right, I guess that's kind of heavy. And then I think like another 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, whoa, that's not whoa. allowed in a JRPG, you crazies. You're, ma- you're making me nervous about this game, no, it which wasn't I'm not that, play, it, but, but it was just surprising to me. But because it, it was like complex and dark? Yes, and like that, you know, there's like a small, like little animation, and you're just like, I. mm, (laughs) What I was. mm. So, Chelsea, you found this weird ass Mario (laughs) drawing that you want to talk about this week. Yeah. You've just been playing Hollow Knight. I've been playing Hollow Knight. I don't care about Hollow Knight. No, I feel like I got the impression that you guys did not care about Hollow Knight. It was hard to find things to say about Hollow Knight. It was, it's still very good. I'm now fighting a guy named the Dung Defender. Let me just tell you. He's a dung beetle. He's my brother. And he yells like, kind of like a wrestle or 
kind of. I love of, that. Yes. That's cool. Your brother. He's your brother. Your no, brother? Your brother is beautiful. Actually, I'm the dung defender. So. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Oh, my God. If he's the dung defender, does that make you the dung and he's defending you? Yes. My brother has never defended me in my oh. life. Oh. I'm sure that's not true. You're both very tall. <laughs> It's true. No, Even has. if he didn't intend to defend you just by standing in front of you, <laughs> he did. Caught so many bullets for me. Caught so much bird poop for me. I want Yes, but I want to talk about this tweet I found. Uh, Tell us about the tweet. Yeah. It was from a an account called Video Game Arts and Tidbits. Mm. And it says, uh, and it's like four pages from this book called a 1999 one. A 1991 book called Mario Mania that I guess is officially licensed. I tried to find it on Amazon and it was like going for $115 used. Whoa. But it is it is called, it's four pages of Mario's best friends and worst enemies. But there's only one page of best friends <laughs> and three pages of worst enemies. <laughs> but what is, I showed all of this to you guys. What's really weird about his best friends page? It only includes uh, Pauline and Peach, so people he's rescued. Mm-hmm. Pauline, wow. Yeah, back. and then Toad, and then Yoshi, and then these. This is the most troubling. It includes Starman, the mushroom, <laughs> the like the the power mushrooms, and the flower. His best friends are things he e- eats. The gang's <laughs> all here. He's so lonely. Eats like, like and then and then it it has an illustration of the mushrooms that have little eyes and faces, and I'm like. Wait, wait, wait. So, um, what I'm noticing is that Luigi is not on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess they're not friends. Not friends. Only brothers. Oh no. But also, I mean, Luigi's not on the worst enemies pages, at least. So like, Luigi just means neutral. Neither, neither are Wario and Waluigi. I think when this, did this come out? 1991. So probably before. But Luigi was. But Luigi was there. So oh if, if anything, he's only made more enemies. Yes. He does not have, I guess Rosalina would be a new friend. At yeah, this Rosalina. Point. Do they even know each other? I've never seen them talk. Yeah, they, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's all of Mario Galaxy. Yeah, they, they talk in Mario Galaxy. No, she, they don't. She gives him missions. <laughs> She's just a planet. She's oh, not a, she can't talk. I've never seen them together, Prove so this is, this is a conspiracy theory. Mario Galaxy. No. They've never been in the same room. Yeah, all right. they, they've never been in the same galaxy. Also, did you look at this? This In Worst Enemies, there's an illustration of Donkey Kong that is... Horrendous. Horrifying. Wait, I want to see. Ooh, Donkey he, Kong has uh, blue eyes. He has irises <laughs> and pupils in this illustration. He has, doesn't have his tie I either. I don't like it. That means he's naked. That means Sorry. he wears a disguise. I feel like one. this is a fake Donkey Kong. Yes. His, his brow, Donkey Kong has that prominent brow. This this Kong this is just an ape. has no brow. This is an ape without a tie? Wait. Wait, Bullet Bill? Oh, the- oh, God! Oh, it's Hold so on. gross! So if they list Bullet Bill as oh. one of his worst enemies, but I, I didn't really think that they were totally, uh, I mean, I don't know if the word conscious is, I mean, well, they have like eyes, but like, you know, it, it seems like it's just a, a, a weapon that's just... I I was showing this to Mike McWhorter, who I sit next to and you know is a very good Toad enthusiast, <laughs> and he said that in his he remembered in his Mario instruction booklet, and he found this fact: the bricks in the Mushroom ki- Kingdom are sentient people <gasps> that were t- mushrooms 
transformed by the Koopas, which apparently were experts in black magic. What? And they were transformed all the people into bricks and plants. Wait, so all of the bricks that you've been breaking this whole time? Are people. Mario is a piece of shit. He yeah. is. Why would you, if you knew that as Mario, why would you just be like, oh, put but my head into he, it? But, but he always breaks them so he can get treasure. So he is literally just- Living treasure because des- the mushrooms he, are also alive. Oh my God. He's so desecrating he the tombs of the of the old mushrooms <laughs> to eat the new ones. It's like when, oh, oh my God. It's like Oyakodon. It's 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 that that's the, the yes. Japanese name for the chicken and egg rice yeah. bowl. And it literally means parent-child bowl. Yeah. Parent-child oh, bowl. It's so sad, but it's so good. But it's true. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Disgusting. So, what so. What if Mario is the bad guy? Oh, what actually, if- on the Worst Enemies page for Donkey Kong, it actually really poses that, if you read the thing. Because it says, like, oh, you know, he's really misunderstood. We'll probably see his gentler and kinder self appear someday. So, oh. why is he his worst enemy? Yeah. You have to give him a chance. Well, he, he did keep stealing, or he just kept relocating Pauline. <laughs> Relocating, relocating Pauline. Her. He kept relocating her to the top of the. Do you think that like he just she just developed like Stockholm syndrome and yeah. that's why he's just like yes Pauline is my best friend. Yes, Pauline is my best friend. That she sucks. said so herself. She said she so never from her own mouth. Game. Except Mario Odyssey when she was the mayor. True. Yeah, she seems fine. She yeah she had a sabbatical. Oh, oh and a now sabbatical. She's How racy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sabbaticals are racy now. Now I'm gonna so think sabbaticals. of Cyrus. <laughs> oh, I'd love to take a sabbatical cool. if you know what I mean. Me too, baby. I just, I just, there's so many questions that this we'll, raises. We'll like, definitely put this in the show notes. And thank you so much for bringing it to my attention so that I can have nightmares about it and then wonder who the fuck Mouser is. Yeah, what? I've never seen this dude. Oh my god, he looks like he's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Who fuck? is he? He has sunglasses. Needle Just like a cool Maybe mouse. Maybe he's from Mario uh, 2, the game that oh. nobody played. <laughs> that game sucks. Well, we'll find Bert, out. Birdo's in here too. I don't know. I spent my weekend powering through the end of the Great Interior Design Challenge so that I could be free of it. This was before I discovered that I could play games with wrist braces on. So I... <laughs> Did not play games this weekend. I just watched the fucking Great Interior Design Challenge, which is a Netflix show that is in kind of the same vein as Great British Bake Off, where it's amateurs doing Uh, things, except that they are redesigning homes. Are they any good? No! No! Really? Wait, wait. Some of them are good. Oh. Let me preface this by saying sometimes they do good things, and sometimes they do horrible bad things it and did they think they're good do the hosts think they're good does anyone think they're good inexplicably the hosts are sometimes okay with things that are visual crimes (laughs) (laughs) can you give me a crime example i can give you a crime example and this is this is from the finale but i i don't care i don't don't care about spoilers mm, i don't think yeah this person they, Lucy was designing a like Scottish sort of hunting lodge themed living room and she made as a mural for the wall like a tapestry because it was a hunting lodge. She wanted to do something like, you know how people have animal heads mounted in their hunting lodges. Yeah. Very like, yeah, it's nature very, you know, rural, etc. 
But she took stuffed dogs, like stuffed animals, <laughs> and cut their heads off no. and mounted nine stuffed animal, like cute, like children's toy dog heads on this fucking tapestry. No! <laughs> that is an actual crime. That's right. That's A. A, that's something a serial killer does. <laughs> B, the homeowners fucking loved it. They came into the room and they were crying because they loved the room. And I was like, what? <laughs> what a planet am I living on? And where are you hiding the bodies? Are they behind the tapestry? <laughs> if you go to the other side of the wall, it's just a bunch of dog butts. No. <laughs> it's human remains. The other great crime that she did. She seems like a lovely person. Um, she wanted to paint wood paneling on the wall. So in this, I believe this was like a protected house. So they couldn't use wallpaper or do anything like structure altering to the room. Why they let amateur interior designers work on a protected historical house? I don't know. Get back to me. So she wanted to do a Tromploy mural on it where you she was going to paint the wall so that it looked like 3D wood paneling. Yuck. Yuck. Guess what else? She'd never done it before. Oh, <gasps> no. <coughs> yeah. Oh if I, like, God. ask you, like, okay, so this is what we want this to look like. Here's some rough instructions for how to paint a flat surface so that it looks like it's 3D wood paneling with, like, bevels and stuff. Go to it. Go do it on this competition show for what? the first time, having never done it. Why would you do that? Someone has to live there. And they liked it. And the judges liked it. And it looked like shit. I have pictures of it on my phone. It looks so bad. Wait, are you sure that this? Are you sure that this isn't a merge with the Netflix show Nailed It, where those people don't know how to make desserts? It should be. I'm it gonna so sp- go ahead and skip right to the last episode. Yeah, when I go yeah, home. yeah. Please I'm do. gonna go watch I this. The problem the is, we're all gonna go hate watch this now. I know. It's amazing. Just, I don't know what I keep picturing is. Um, I don't know what specifically Balto stuffed animals and their heads mounted on a tapestry. Wait, so they're not? Were they like glued on? I I think that they were sewn on. Was there a pattern to the tapestry, or was it like were they all in a row? They were in rows, three rows of three each. Did she (laughs) make her own crests? Please, God. I don't think she made her own crest, but she should She'll have. make her own wood paneling, but she won't make her own fucking family crests? Lazy, I know. <laughs> Stupid. You could have done it all, Lucy. Oh, my uh, God. I have a correction to make. This was the second to last episode, I remember, because... Oh. But the last episode was also. I'm excited to go yes. home and watch Lucy's failure. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I'm so sorry. Did she win? Thank God, no. Oh. <laughs> I was literally, because she's in the final two. Like, she doesn't get kicked out after that. And I was literally like, if she wins this show, she has done one good room. One. In every episode that she's been on, one. What was the good room? Wait, wait, wait. So she's been the whole, she's not in just one episode. She's in. She makes it to the end from the start. The way it works. It's a full season of Lucy. Yeah. Full. Okay, no. So what they do is they have, like, different heats. So they have, 
four people come on, they whittle that down to one, then they have four new people whittle it down to one, and then at the end, it's four people again. So I want to watch, I'm going to go in and watch the full Lucy Lucy arc. The full Lucy arc, yeah. She's in the second arc of the show. The arc Of the season that's on Netflix. Um, She does a beautiful Scandinavian room. She, in the first... (laughs) Oh, oh, it makes me mad. In the first episode that she's on, she's if it's for a teen. She actually does a really good job for this teenage boy. Um, and he wanted like a dark floor. So she's going to paint the floor black. And she had the bed and the carpet in there. It's like a rug under the bed. And the judges were like, oh, you have to paint the floor. So uh, why have you assembled the rug and the bed in here? And she was like, oh, I'll just paint around it. What the fuck, Lucy? <laughs> If I were a homeowner and I found out that someone had like redesigned one of my rooms, like, oh, it's beautiful, you did a great job. And then I moved the bed a year later and found out that there was unpainted fucking floorboards (laughs) under there, I would shit bricks. I would rip my face off. I'm so sorry. I just paint around it is like what you say if you're in third grade. Yeah. And you just don't, you just don't give any. It's just a huge unpainted spot. You're going to get paint on the bed, you idiot. I wish. And on the rug. Thank what the you. fuck is wrong with you? On the rug. What's that? You're never going to, you're never going to get a new, you're never going to get a rug. You're going to glue the rug to the ground like a fucking animal, you fuck. <laughs> I love, I would, I, I wish, I wish people could see that you buy guys both shot backwards from your microphones so far. Which very I, thoughtful. Very thoughtful for the listeners, but such a good visual moment where Simone went all the way to the back wall of the room because she's Ashley so mad about like this. Ashley was like facing the wall. Ashley was in a ball. I had to scream, so I knew I had to get away from the I mic. am going, absolutely going to go home and oh. watch this right now. God, I'm so mad. It is sometimes an enjoyable <laughs> show. My hands are literally shaking right now. <laughs> the adrenaline is pounding. Uh, the highlight is definitely when you scream, Lucy, someone has to live there. <laughs> Somebody lives there, Lucy. What are you doing? Anyway, let's talk about some emails. <laughs> I got to calm down, y'all. We gotta have some deep breathing. Let's take a break. Yeah. Take a break. Whew. Okay. Wow. So I want everyone to know that we got like 12 emails about uh, our discussion about the definition of yeet last week. And they were all delightful. <laughs> I'm not going to read uh, all all 12 of them. I wish I had something to throw right now so I could just scream yeet. But I have only my phone and a beverage. There's I this can't. weird bottle cap. Don't throw that. Don't throw Don't anything. Throw that. But you could throw that. If what is it? We weren't in Just a room pretend. That not have things thrown in. Move away from the mic and then throw your voice. Oh yeah. Yeet! That's great. <laughs> wow. You guys missed out on a serious visual. <laughs> so this first, yeah, that was, was the most fabulous arm throw I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you looked like you sounded and looked like you were going on a roller coaster. <laughs> or a Broadway musical. Yes! Oh god. The musical. Stop. <laughs> this first email is from Hannah. Uh, thank you so much, Hannah, for everything. Uh, Hannah says, I asked my 17-year-old brother and his girlfriend what yeet means to them. My brother said it's, quote-unquote, a positive exclamation, like, yeah. But his girlfriend disagreed, saying it was used as a negative in the original vine. She felt it should be used as a verb. To yeet something is to throw it. 
I'm 23, and I thought it was a positive exclamation, too. Shrugging emoji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one take on yeet. Han also has an actual good question. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like I was nagging you, but I'm not. Um, Other than this BS. (laughs) Like Simone, I grew up with no consoles in the house and nowadays mostly play games on my laptop. Listening to the show has gotten me interested in buying a PS4, but a few months ago, y'all reported that it was nearing the end of its life cycle. Is it worth it to buy a late stage console or should I wait and wait for the next one, hoping it'll be backward compatible? No. No. Buy it. Shaking her head. Yeah. One of my friends texted me. I got so mad. One of my best friends, her boyfriend told her (laughs) that the, oh, she has a boyfriend. Someone loves her. Tell me what that's like. I'll leave. Um, (laughs) So her boyfriend, she's like, so my boyfriend said that the PS5 and Xbox Two are coming out soon. (laughs) And from there, I was like, I love you, but dump this fucking asshole. Why would he say the Xbox Two? What is that? I was so mad. The way you feel about Lucy is how I felt about the Xbox Two. (laughs) She was like, should I wait for the PS5 and Xbox Two, or should I just get one, the Xbox One or PS4 right now? And I was like, I love you so much. I hate him. I am so sorry. Why would anyone say Xbox Two? That's not what that means. No, but oh god, you know it's compare the numbers. PS5, Xbox 2. <laughs> well, the it's been launching in increments of 0.25. <laughs> so you're saying that the next one will be Xbox 1.25? <laughs> yes. Okay. I can't wait for the oh my Xbox 1.25. <laughs> The Xbox so One and three quarters. The Xbox yeah. Two is never happening, Hannah. And the, <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault, Hannah. It's not your fault. The PS5 is not coming anytime soon. Please get a PS4. It might be three. Okay, we could see the PS5 in three years. So, yes, you should get a PS4. Also, getting a late console late is good because you get lots of deals. Game yes. makers have figured out what to do. You can buy a lot of good games on discount. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a great idea. I would also like to vouch for the... I'm sorry, I'm still crying. I would also like to vouch for the PS4 Slim, which is a good console. It is cheaper than buying a new PS4, but it has really good processing power. It is lasted. My PS2 Slim still works. PS4 Slim is good. Or, or you can buy that really beautiful Spider-Man PS4 that is very divisive. I think it's beautiful. Or I guess if you're a fucking idiot, you can wait for that Here, My other vote for uh, getting a PS4, if that's what you're interested in, is that we don't know if PlayStation will make a backward compatible console next. The PS4 is not backward compatible with PS3 games. So if there's oh, stuff yeah. on PS4 right now that you do want to play... It it is a great time to to get one. Get it while it's hot. Xbox One. It's a great time. Actually, is backward compatible. It's a great time to be a gamer. (laughs) It's a great time to be a gamer, Hannah. Get ready to join the PS4 Nation. The Gamer Nation. Nation. Welcome, Hannah, to the Gamer Nation. (laughs) Now with Xbox Two. Actually, it's going to be called the Xbox One Two. 
<laughs> One, two, Xbox. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is from Brit. Hello, Polygon Show. I'm a 28-year-old high school teacher, and boy, oh, boy, did I have a yeet-a-palooza with some of my students. <laughs> oh, my God. That does not sound appropriate. In my experience, they use yeet for many occasions. Sometimes it's a response of acknowledgement that changes based on context. Does this make sense? Yeet. Sometimes it's an interjection of excitement. Ridley's in Smash. Yeet. The most interesting usage was the mimetic quality it took up in that was the mimetic quality it took up in a small group of friends. Oh my god, fuck me! In a small friend group of new students, one of which regularly made sure the word "yeet" made an appearance in his drawings and paintings for art classes. His pièce de résistance was a painting of what looked like train tracks, but with the word "yeet" in every empty space. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Wow. I did not understand it, and I'm pretty sure I still don't understand it. But I'm glad I'm not the only one who has to sit down and ask their local youths to explain new slang. I actually think that being a high school teacher is probably uh, like challenging in a lot of ways, but you get to know constantly what the kids are up to. You're on the forefront. You're on the forefront of the teens. Man, who knows new memes first? I feel you're right. Yeah, wow. The memes come from the, the, the youths. And then, even before they reach us, the denizens of the internet, they go through the teachers. The my teachers. one the of my other best friends. This is less offensive to me, but one of my other best friends uh, is a high school teacher, and she says that whenever she negs her kids, which is okay with high school kids, so apparently one <laughs> that's cool, that's fun. Whenever she would neg her kids, she would dab. No, <laughs> which I think is the weirdest. Oh, that's and so thing. funny. They but. That, that sounds like a fucking crazy. sitcom. That sounds like the whitest sitcom I've ever no, heard. No, because they got. I'm sure they got so mad. No, the kids loved it. They would like applaud her. Wow, I, it was I read. So funny. I read a really funny tweet uh, from someone who was a teacher who kept mispronouncing intentionally mispronouncing Fortnite and calling it fork knife, and then they called it spoon just to like really make the kid. And wow. I'm like, man. This is the best part of being so old enough to troll children. Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally not know stuff. Sorry. <laughs> we have a, a I'm going to throw a, what, a, whatchamacallit? Stop the gears. What's it called when you throw a, a, a wrench? A wrench in the gears. That was like a knife. I was thinking of a fork knife still. <laughs> wrench in the gears. Email from Jonathan. I'm 33 years old. And from my experience, yeet isn't new slang. Most people in my town slash high school in small town Georgia were saying yeet in 2002 slash 2003. It was used as an exclamation usually when something good happened. Example, friend one. Hey, I just got a switch. Friend two. Yeet. Big fan of the show. Thanks for your hours of entertainment and content. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you for enlightening us about the secret origins. Probably not so secret to everyone who fucking used it in 2002 and 2003 who's like, this is old memes. <laughs> this is old memes. Old language. That I, I, It is so fucking cool to me how language migrates like that. Yeah, man. From place to place. So not so much a question as a, a statement, a historical statement. Final, finally, we have a kind of a... A different, totally different question, but I think it's it's interesting. Uh, this is from Jimmy. 
Hi, Polygang. I have somewhat of a dilemma. There's a game that I will not name that I've been playing for quite some time now and I enjoy most of the time I spend with it. However, the developer has made some controversial statements that I object heavily towards. This puts me in a pickle since I want to enjoy my good, good gaming time, but I don't want to support bigotry. How far can you separate the art and the artist in regards to video games? Should I be ashamed of myself? Would it be wrong for me to buy upcoming DLC? Or should I put this game down and stop supporting hate mongering? Otherwise, I'm re- oh, and then they go into hand exercising, which I will not derail into right now. Thank you, Jimmy. I might get to that after we have this conversation. Yo. I, yeah, I, I felt like this was a probably too big a topic to totally tackle in like the three minutes we have left of the show. But uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I always go back and forth on whether I believe in like the death of the author. I definitely mm-hmm. think like a lot of art is up to interpretation and you know, should be in some way divorced from the artist's intention and statement. However, I think that's always inherent in, like, art. I think, like, what the person is putting into it and what they're hoping people get out of it is still inherent, even if that's not what you're getting out of it. And I think, like, obviously art, part of art is the emotional response you have. So with games and you find out, like, or anything when you find out after the fact that, oh, this person's shitty, it is very complicated because, like, a large portion of your response is based completely on your personal relationship with that work. Mm-hmm. But you also understand that like the person who created it has infused some of themselves with it and has some particular intention. Like they're not completely out of the equation for me. Um, that being said, I don't think that's ever happened to me with a game necessarily where I've needed to like think about this because the developer turned out to be terrible. But with music and movies and TV shows, you know, when this sort of thing happens, mm-hmm. I definitely always feel like I have that same conundrum of like, do I what do you continue do? to support this? Um, it's tough. I think it's tough. Like, I don't know if I necessarily want to give specific examples because then I don't want people like blowing me up being like, you should stop watching this. You but know, the, I, I definitely th- there are shows where like this person maybe has said shitty things, but I still love the show and it's meant something to me. So mm-hmm. I will still watch it. I think, you know, the, the way you can sometimes make your own heart feel better is then like counterbalancing either the money or time you had spent with that thing by putting it into something good. Like, that's a great suggestion. Like, yeah. okay, reconcile that and then go give some money to a cause you feel very strongly about. I'm not even going to recommend any. I'll just like say whatever whatever mm-hmm. is important to you or give your time, which is also valuable. Like that is a good way to reconcile. I feel bad about this game and want to put something back. Yeah, and I think for me... It definitely like I think that that decision is something that whether to stop playing or not is something that only you can decide for yourself and that that's whatever you do decide like that's okay because I I don't think that you have like, like Chelsea said there are other things that you can do to balance that out and if you feel really bad about it then um yeah that kind of, the decision is kind of made for you right yeah. like if you if you can no longer enjoy it because you can't put that out of your head then that's kind of yourself telling you what you need to do yeah but if you can that's also not 
the worst thing in the world. I mean, I speak, I can name an example because Ernest fucking Hemingway oh, yeah. was a racist and a misogynist. And it's a different situation because obviously I'm not financially supporting him because he is dead. Um, and I bought all his books used. Um, and I wasn't alive in the 60s. Anyway. But, um, yeah, but, but yeah. But yes. like I hesitate to recommend his work, obviously, because it's really bad <laughs> but yeah i mean we we find ways to justify things to ourselves if we want to yeah i don't, I, I it just shouldn't i mean like i don't know i'm i don't i don't want to act sanctimonious because i've definitely done things yeah on both like sides we, of that. I, I think that's we've all we've all done things like no do what you want to do nobody has any moral ground i think to look down on you and be like oh, you shouldn't do that because we've all made compromises and there is no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. Hey, <laughs> yes. Do you have anything, Ashley? Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Damn. I can't Truth follow bomb that. right there. Yeah. I made that, that up. That is true. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Well, uh, we have, we're going to do something different next week on Polygon. We are having a theme week where we're focusing on gaming backlogs and stories about them and how we deal with them and everything. So we wanted to ask you, our wonderful listeners, uh, if you have any stories about gaming backlogs um, or other... Chelsea, do you have anything to clarify yeah, about the I theme can, week? Yeah. Uh, so, like, especially because this is the dead time of summer, there's not new game releases. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a good time, I think, to think about... <clears throat> excuse me, games that you have not had a chance to like really dive into that you've always wanted to that that pile of shame that we all have that's mm -hmm. either like a physical pile of boxes or a bunch of stuff in your Steam library or like even shows you've always wanted to watch like that you're always like I'm gonna watch The Wire now oh so, my god uh, that was me. my example you're yes! attacking me no. you should all watch The Wire clearly uh, nobody sent any emails about The Wire or Breaking Bad oh yeah <laughs> Breaking Bad I haven't watched any Breaking Bad I will so be your email y'all um, but the point is, is like the, you have that guilty thing, but it, this is like either coping with it or not coping with it mm. or just like how backlogs are changing. Like all these those those are the topics are our theme week. So if you have any things that are like, oh, I'm glad I finally played this game or oh, I will never play this game. Just any stories that are like about that. We want to share those on the, the podcast next week. Yay. Yeah. So you can email those to Polygon Show at Polygon.com. And we'll I'll make a special big old backlog folder next to my yeet folder, <laughs> and we'll go through. <laughs> you have the best folders. All my great folders. Uh, and that apply, the email address, of course, applies to every week on the show. If you have emails, send them there, polygonshow at polygon.com. Uh, and, hey, actually, we have um, a better segue. Yes. And, hey, one more thing before we head out. Uh, you might know that uh, Polygon is part of Vox.com and Vox dot, wait, part of Vox Media and Vox.com is also part of Vox Media and Vox.com has a Netflix show called Netf uh, Netflix, bleh, called, <laughs> wow, let's start over again. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> And hey, one more thing before we go, uh, you might know that we are sister sites with Vox.com who have a Netflix show called Explained, which is extremely enjoyable. Um, every episode, we talked about it before because Chelsea and I loved the freaking K-pop episode. Um, it's 50 minutes diving deep into a specific topic um, and the, we, the one that they're doing this week is weed. 
So if you are interested in this, I totally recommend this show. Obviously, if you've seen their explainers, you know kind of what that format is like. So they're talking about weed this week. They'll be going over like how humans learned to engineer cannabis and what it means for people who use it and about America's quote unquote war on drugs and how weed fits into that. Um, <coughs> and how the weed that was confiscated in the U.S. Uh, is three ti- that is confiscated now is three times as potent today as it was in the mid '90s, which is a fact that I did not know. That is extremely interesting. I think there spoilers. Are- wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just how much more potent is it? Find out. <laughs> Learn about those dank strains uh, on Netflix. You can search for Explained or for Vox. Or, or dank you can strains. Go to, yeah, or dank strains. Box.com Don't slash dank strains. <laughs> 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 it's the secret URL. Uh, the real URL is Netflix.com slash explained. <laughs> Uh, so check it out Uh, thank you again for listening to the Polygon show if you enjoyed it please do leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend get them to listen to it as well and I hope that they enjoy it like you do and like we do when we record it thanks so much this has been the Polygon show Let's talk about games for a second. There have been big developments in games. Not just in the graphics and the features, but in the very idea of what a game can be and how a game can change the world. Some teachers are using experience points to track performance instead of letter grades. Playing Tetris has been shown to reduce symptoms of PTSD. Pokemon Go players are twice as likely to meet an exercise goal of 10,000 steps a day. If you want to get engaged with movements in the gaming landscape, check out Plus 7 Intelligence, the podcast about how games impact people. Season 2 features experts in mental health, education, and social change to discuss how games are disrupting in these key areas. You can subscribe to Plus 7 Intelligence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Season 2 available now. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a new podcast, The Arthur Brooks Show. That's me, Arthur Brooks, and I'm the president of the American Enterprise Institute, a think tank in Washington, D.C. I see bitter disagreement all the time, and it's terrible. We need some way to disagree, not less, but better. So this is a series that looks at the art of disagreement. The first episode is out July 12th. Find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, And most of all, subscribe right now.